Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellard from Ad Advance, and today I'm joined by Kyle Slunick. Kyle, it's awesome to have you on the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So we just got to meet up a little while ago, but for people who aren't familiar with you, maybe give us a quick background, how you got into the space, what you're up to now. Sure. Yep. So kind of a background, I started working at Amazon agencies at the very beginning. It was very sink or swim. Uh, so it was learn everything you can about Amazon. And that's when I really started getting deep into, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, marketing on Amazon is fun. We get tons of first party data, all sorts of good information to understand what we really need to do to help people succeed. So a couple different agencies, uh, the last agency I was at, I was a director of marketplace advertising. And then I actually moved over to the brand side. And now I work for a toy company called Melissa and Doug. And I'm also the director of performance marketing for uh, a company called Private Label Mastery. And that company is more just teaching people how to sell on Amazon. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we, we did a poll too. When, when I was initially talking to you, we have a ton of young families. <laughs> and so we polled everybody on what is like the, if everybody's got Melissa and Doug and everybody had Melissa and Doug toys in their house. And then the cleaning set, that is by far like the, the most common one that we had. <laughs> Absolutely. The dust sweep mop. <laughs> You know, my, my daughter, she's, she's four. She was just playing with that not too long ago. And it's kind of funny too. Like a cleaning set is like yeah. the most popular one. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's one of the original products too. that and a lot of like the, the wooden trains. So there's a bit of nostalgia, uh, that that's associated with the brand, but overall an incredible brand to work for. And it's just, it's, it's such an opportunity that I'm just so over the moon about. Yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. And so some things I was really excited to have Kyle come on the podcast, like working both on the brand and the agency side, you get to see a lot of different perspectives and also see a lot of things that like people could potentially miss, like as you're working with new sellers coming into the ecosystem. I, Amazon's got more and more complicated as we go. And so what we really wanted to focus on with this episode is, you know, what's some common pieces or what's the big like common pieces that people miss or what's the big needle movers that we're seeing. And so we'll just kind of start there and build off of that. And so, Kyle, I don't know if you want to start from the agency side or the brand side or the seller side. I don't know. Where, sure. where do you want to start? We'll open it up. Yeah. So it's. I would say it's a little bit different for from each perspective. Um, so I guess looking from the agency side, uh, I would say, you know, and, and this actually correlates and directly applies over to the branded side is adopting the proper KPIs and, and specifically the KPIs that align with your strategy. In in the last, I would say, couple of years here, there's been a big push towards incrementality and driving new to brand sales, driving new consumers. E-commerce is seen a lot more as a place to grow your brand now than it ever was historically. So I, I would say, you know, in working with brands right now, the number one 
thing that I, I think is opportunity is is KPIs in uh, in really shifting away from and I'm sure you know this has been brought up a bunch of times but shifting away from ACOS and ROAS and moving more to there's a metric I like it's called tacos or total advertising cost of sale or customer acquisition cost or the lifetime value as well really understanding the consumers in, in we have this opportunity with Amazon's data now where we we can have all of the data that that we need and it's it's really about building strategy adopting the right KPIs and optimizing towards whatever the goals are for each of those individual brands or even just sellers. Yeah. Yeah. So incrementality has become a common word that I'm hearing quite a bit and we talk about it. How how do you define incrementality? How do you look at that? Driving new business. Is, sure. is how I look at it. And we can do that more and more with Amazon's new to brand metric. You know, anybody who hasn't purchased from a brand in the last 365 days and then comes and purchases from that brand, that's considered a new to brand sale. And that's not going to be in every single case that it's a brand new consumer who's never seen the brand or anything like that. But overall, it's a good gauge of we are reaching new consumers who historically haven't shopped for whatever brand it is within the last 365 days. So it's really seen as an opportunity to bring in new business and re-engage with consumers that you know may have forgotten about the brand. Sure. Yep. I love that. I love that. And when we talk about incrementality, like at the end of the day, and I've said this multiple times, but what, what the point of our advertising is, is it's to get somebody to purchase that wouldn't have purchased without seeing that ad. And right. so if we can find those places and get those ads to show up in the right spots, that's going to add incremental business results for us. And so uh, a lot of people like to focus on ACOS or ROAS. Walk me through some of the pitfalls for that. Because if we just look at the, the ACOS or ROAS, like, okay, yep, this ad, it drove the sale and got this return. So it seems like incrementality, yep, okay, ACOS, ROAS, I can use that. But walk me through some of the pitfalls there. Yeah, definitely. So I think most commonly it's probably referred to as the flywheel effect or the the impact that your ad spend has on your organic presence or your discoverability overall on Amazon. And ACOS and ROAS just are two metrics that do not account for that. So if you took a product that has an organic velocity already, you're not advertising on that at all, and then all of a sudden you start advertising on that product, Yes, you're going to see your ad sales, you know, start to come in and that's going to increase your total sales for that product. But there's also an organic benefit to it. And a lot of times I'm actually looking at the organic sales volume in comparison to the ad spend or, or even just the total sales volume. So that that metric tacos actually takes that into account. And it's your the, the formula for it is your ad spend divided by your total sales gives you your your total advertising cost of sale. And that really does account for more of that organic impact that your ad spend has on uh, particular products uh, or ASINs within your catalog. And it's just a, a much better, it's more of a traditional way of looking at it. It's like a marketing budget for a specific product. How much are we allocating towards ads and what is it bringing in in revenue? Uh, it, so I would say moving away from that and, and I hear a lot of brands say oh this is our break even ACOS or this is our break even ROAS and, and that 
purely is correlated with the ads. So they have their own performance and, and the own attribution associated with with your ad spend and your marketing budget. But it, it just really, and Amazon is one of the, the first platforms to adopt this um, this organic presence or, or uh, the ability to manipulate your organic presence or your organic ranking on a product based on ad spend or how many times you convert on specific search terms. So moving away from those more advertising efficiency metrics and understanding the growth that you can achieve on Amazon in the organic growth is a, one piece that I think is just incredibly important for brands and sellers to begin to adopt if they haven't already. Yeah. So Kyle, when you're looking at tacos, then are you setting specific goals or are you looking at trends over time or how do you measure what a good or a bad tacos is? Yeah. And this is, you know, the question uh, I get yeah. asked this question all the time. And, and the reality of it is it's going to be different um, for every brand. If you take in a, an established brand with good brand awareness and you just start on Amazon, most of the time the uh, the advertising budgets are going to be pretty low as they're kind of, you know, getting your feet wet, getting all the listings up, getting everything situated. So in those cases, I've seen tacos all the way down to 0.5%. But you're not creating growth. Uh, you're, sure. you're not overall creating that discoverability for the brand. And, and you know, I typically it it really is different at every single stage. So if you're building a brand from the very beginning on Amazon, you might see that tacos metric somewhere around 20 percent. And it's sure. what I like to think is where can we see our tacos sit while creating growth for the brand? Also efficiency at the same time. And a lot of times in launching new brands on Amazon, it, it lands around 15% tacos. But for more established brands, I'd, I'd say, and again, depending on the size, it, it's like 5 to 10% can still promote growth. But it's got to be paired with a proper adver advertising strategy to create that growth at the same time. So uh, yep. there's no perfect science to tacos. <laughs> and it's, it's just going to be case by case. Yep. Yep. And, and I love it too. Cause it's like, so a couple things to take into account when looking at tacos, it's, it's the, where are you at in the life cycle? So if I'm launching a product, I'm going to need to try to increase that sales velocity. And so advertising can be a very important piece of that. And my organic ranking from the start is probably not going to be that great. And my conversion rate is probably not going to be that great either. Cause I don't have that social proof and those reviews built up. And so I'm going to need to have more advertising from the start to get that sales velocity to get that social proof. Absolutely. And then over time, you can start to reduce your tacos as you build up that organic ranking and you don't have to push as hard on your advertising. And so how we like to look at it is it's a great spot to look and try to reduce over time. The other piece to take into account is the category and what your competition's doing. So if your competition is spending a lot more, if you want to maintain that sales velocity, you might have to get more aggressive too. And so benchmark reports that we're getting now, like the search term, uh, the, the search term, uh, sorry, the search performance, 
the search query performance report. Sorry. I, <laughs> second podcast I've recorded today and I need a little bit more coffee. But <laughs> the, the, the market share that you can get is really cool because you can see what the competition is doing. And so, you know, like anything, I think it's taking into account the other outside factors outside of just one metric. Because if our goal is to get to as low of tacos as we can, well, sweet. I can just turn off my ads and I'm at 0%. (laughs) That's not achieving our goals. And so it's another of those pieces where you have to take the bigger context into account. Absolutely. Yeah. I've actually gone through a couple of those tests just purely based on curiosity from brands. What happens if we shut off our advertising? And it's not good. And it has (laughs) this, this trickle effect that just tapers down and it's, uh, it is a vicious cycle of losing velocity. Um, so for any brands out there that, that are listening to this or watching this, um, don't shut off your ads. Uh, you can always play around with it and increase your marketing budget, reallocate towards different ASINs. There's a, there's a lot of different ways to, to improve on efficiency, but pausing ads on Amazon is, is not one I would recommend. <laughs> yeah. And it's tough too, because you don't see the immediate impacts. Like you said, it kind of trickles down. Yeah. And so like impacts to organic ranking and sales velocity, like a, a short-term change is not going to make a major difference, but as it builds upon itself, that's where you can really see the impacts. And that's where split testing and A-B testing gets a little bit harder there too, because it's it's not just the short-term impacts, it's the longer-term impacts overall and what your competition, if they're able to now jump over you, it's, yeah. it's a lot harder to reestablish that spot again. Yeah, absolutely. Especially on branded terms as well. If, if your competitors are able to rank on your branded terms and they continue to support that, it becomes it very difficult uh, to capture back even that one organic placement. Yeah, yeah. So how about working for like a large brand? So Melissa and Doug has a very established presence, a really established brand. They're throughout brick and mortar. Like, how do you bring that into the Amazon ecosystem to really protect that brand, establish yourself, grow? Like, how, do you, how do you make that transition? Yeah, it's, it's a balance, I'll say. There's, there's an aspect of brand protection that is essential. And then also the with the growth mindset, it's how much can you allocate towards non-branded advertising or new customer acquisition while still protecting the brand? And luckily, as Amazon is continuing to just release new betas and, and new data in general, we're able to get like top of search impression share or um, like the search query performance report. We can understand now what percentage of the time we are protecting our brand in order to be able to maintain um, the the organic rank and, and the relevancy that we have against our brand name. But then taking and reallocating the, the remainder of that budget in order to go after a little bit more generic keywords or more category focused keywords to create that discoverability. So uh, it's it's definitely a delicate balance, and there's there's a lot of testing, and I think testing is is crucial at, uh, in pretty much any platform. It's it's not going to be a, a copy and paste strategy for every single brand, and that's why I think 
you know, having an agency uh, or, or a specific in-house advertiser is is so important to succeeding, especially because Amazon is so dynamic. It's really about testing and learning. And what might have worked before or on a different platform isn't always going to be the case on Amazon. And I think we've learned that with some of Amazon's algorithm updates. It's it's really it's Amazon's game uh, and they can prioritize whatever KPIs at, at, at whatever point and we have to adapt to it. And I think that's that's one of the most important pieces. But from a brand perspective, especially an established brand, there's there can be, you know, tiers of approval, which which can be it, it adds a layer of complexity uh, because sure. the e-commerce space is so dynamic and it's changing so quickly, sometimes a month from now, the change that you want to make isn't going to be as impactful. If you miss Q4 or if you miss something like Prime Day and you're not maximizing what you're able to do with the traffic that's that's available during those time frames, then it can be uh, that opportunity can just be gone. So yeah. I, I would say it, there's a learning curve and I, I'm I'm a document everything kind of guy. Uh, so sure. I, I create internal case studies as well. And I'll use that as supporting evidence or supporting data to say, hey, we've seen incredible success with this. I think we should venture into this a little bit more. Let's use this as our basis or our foundation for a strategy during this time frame. And we sure. just constantly take those results back and it's constantly changing and adapting to any new learnings and what we're finding. And, and I really think that keeping an open mind and documenting and continuously testing is is how you can be a successful adver advertiser on any platform and it's it, it really comes down to what are you learning uh and if you think you've learned everything then you're going to fall behind so in that that's where you know that a b testing and consistent a b testing comes into play that's awesome what do you what would you say is there key information that you're missing or is there something that would really help you from like the brand perspective to make that case? Because as advertisers, we, we have to go in and we have to justify what we're doing and the impact that that truly has to the business. Definitely. Is there, is there some key items that you're missing right now that if you had, it's like, okay, now we can really ramp up our strategies on Amazon. It comes down to pieces of data and there's, we're advancing quickly uh, with all the platforms that are out there that are now compiling data through AMC and sure. Amazon Marketing Stream. There's some incredible data that that exists out there, but I think it's a lot of it's still in development. So a lot of platforms are still developing their own dashboards around AMC data, and I would say that that the new to brand piece uh, sure. that where you can get it for some of your search campaigns on Amazon now is incredibly valuable and i think it's a, a missing piece of information that most brands have been searching for for a long time they want the proof of is this truly incremental um, are we driving new business to the brand why are we spending so much money on non-brand and what is the result of it and and i think a lot of that data we're, we're beginning to start to get our hands on and, it, and it's making it a lot more impactful uh in the way that we're able to adapt to the way that Amazon's changing. Sure. Yep. Yep. New to brand combined with like solid lifetime value, especially for yeah. such a solid brand like you guys have. Like, you know, I find myself, we, we have, we don't just have the cleaning set for Melissa and Doug. <laughs> There's many other toys that we've got there too. And so, like you said, it's taking a look at like the incrementality of your ads. 
who are you driving new to brand? And now if you can add on that other piece to lifetime value once they're within the brand, you know, then that really helps give justification for, yep, it, maybe if you look at our individual ROAS for that first purchase, maybe it's not even break even. But if you take into account lifetime value, now, okay, we just drove this person into the brand. They haven't purchased in the last 365 days. But look, they came back and purchased four more times, and it's very profitable. Exactly. It just paints a different picture. Yeah. And that's that, yeah, that lifetime value and the customer acquisition costs, bringing in those new consumers, especially, especially if you're in the CPG space, then it becomes so, so crucial because the lifetime value of your consumer for, for Melissa and Doug, it's, it's going to be as you have children, you know, cause sure. we are selling children's toys, but if you're in the CPG space and, and you're selling something that's, that's a consumable that lifetime value can be incredibly high. And, and looking at it from the perspective of we brought on a new consumer who's now going to be loyal to the brand for X amount of time, especially with a good product that people mm -hmm. are liking, is, is a really important piece of information. And we now have access to that data. Being able to calculate that is, is, is going to change things. It's going to change everything for a long time. And um, yeah, it's, it, it gets me excited even just thinking sure. about it. Yeah. So as you're working with newer sellers on the platform with like private label mastery, what's some common areas that you see people maybe struggling with or missing or what, I guess we'll frame it up positively. What's key areas for opportunity that you see that, that people should be focusing on? Oh man, invest. Well, one invest in good products. And, um, I think we know that over the course of last year, there's this major shifting point over to content. If content is everything right now and Amazon with their most recent algorithm update, they're favoring click through rate a lot more than historically um, or, yeah, than they did previously basically. Sure. So content is such an important piece of, of building a brand or growing a brand on Amazon. So you can't go wrong investing in content. Good quality content is, is a key piece of succeeding on Amazon. But I would say from a frustration point saying, and these are sellers that are coming in, learning everything from the very beginning of opening up an Amazon account all the way to they've launched products, they're scaling products on Amazon, they're, they're registered, their brand and in their beginning to run with it. PPC has been the biggest hurdle uh, for for most new sellers. And it's just because there's so much to it. It's it's really there's they're selling on Amazon and then there's Amazon's marketing platform. And Amazon is is leading in the space in the in this marketplace space. And and when it comes to advertising, they're just a giant. So learning one sponsored products and learning how to target new keywords, learning what an auto campaign is, and then the different bidding strategies, and then the different modifiers, and then a broad match versus phrase versus exact, and then realizing that negative phrase can actually prevent your campaign from doing anything if you use too many of them, or if you just you know drag and drop them from a, a keyword generator. That that has definitely been one of the biggest hurdles uh, in in teaching people how to build a business on Amazon, but. But luckily, there's people like you who are here to help offering some agency and people like to be able you. To support. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and people like myself. Uh, I'm more focused on the coaching aspect. And, and we do have a we've got a mastermind program. It's called our boardroom. And that's where we really focus in on 
helping people gain the knowledge that they need to continue to grow a brand. So there's the, you can launch a couple of products and you can sell successfully on Amazon, but having a growth mindset and understanding the levers that you can pull to build and grow a brand is there's a lot more knowledge involved in that. And I got to say, it is so much fun because well, one, everybody has a different problem and we get to collectively solve them together. So everybody contributes their own knowledge and it's just like everybody in the room gets to, to grow and learn through each other's experiences. And, and that is just, it's priceless. That's awesome. That's awesome. So if I'm starting out right now, so what I'm hearing first content, so like product, yep. product detail page, like, and that's, you know, we advocate for that too. We see a lot of people jump into advertising too quickly and you can have the best ads in the world, but if you don't have your product detail page and your products really well outlined, you're not going to convert as well and you're going to waste a lot of money. And so Absolutely. start with that content setting yourself up when you start spinning that sales velocity that you can help with your organic rankings and that you're converting as many people as you can. Absolutely. Then, then it's focus on keyword side for sponsored products is what I'm hearing come next. Yeah, the keyword side. Typically, if you're just launching a brand new product, targeting a very, very broad or category keyword is, is not going to be the move right out of the gate. It's more about you can and you can launch it in broad match and isolate some of the long tail keywords that are going to be a little bit more efficient, have cheaper CPCs, a little bit less competitive. But if if you go all in on an exact match for the keyword games or something like that, the, the, <laughs> the cost per clicks are through the roof and you'll blow through your budget and you're not going to get any good data. And it's just it it can be a little bit tricky. I love it. Yeah, and that's what we really advocate for too. It's all right, now when you start your advertising, let's focus on very specific terms from the start. And let's focus on some of those longer tail terms where we know that our products should rank high at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's not super general. So it's longer tail, but let's focus a lot on those, those keywords. And then as we go, now we can start to broaden it out. Exactly. Um, I see it, it's one key piece that I see too often, too, is people go way too broad from the start. And they're like, man, crap, my, my advertising results look terrible. And it's so competitive. <laughs> and it's like, yep, if you're targeting games, you're not going to convert well. It's going to be super costly. Yep, the volume's there, but you can blow through your budget so quickly versus taking a much more fine-tuned approach. And that, that's probably the biggest piece of advice I have is like, start really narrow, get that working really well, start with sponsor products, really target that specifically. All right, now we can start to broaden it out a little bit more. And then Absolutely. once we have that campaign funnel structure set up, all right, now let's hop into sponsor brands and let's start really narrow and targeted from the start. And then we can start to broaden it out. And you can slowly take it in pieces versus that's another thing I see and I just picture myself as a seller coming in today versus when I came in 2014, 2016 timeframe, like there's so many more options and it would be so easy to get overwhelmed. So I think just starting on one piece at a time and building upon that versus feeling like you have to do it all from the start. Yeah, abso absolutely. Um, and, and I would say that actually applies to the brand side of things as well. You can't necessarily just select the keywords that you want to rank on. It's it's more of gather all the data. And Amazon is 
incredible about providing data um, based on you know your ad spend or your budget and figure out what's working at a product level even and, and lean in on it and you can do you you can use um, a lot of third-party tools to figure out what you're currently ranking on or what are you indexing for you can lean into those keywords a little bit more and you know begin to grow and improve your discoverability on Amazon for that individual product and there's there's one instance of this that that always pops into my head and it's I was working with somebody who was selling picture frames one time and um, they were selling these these like clear uh, acrylic picture frames and that's what we were advertising it as you know that's what our keywords were oriented around but then I would pull a, a search term report and this is years back and I kept seeing sign holder so we we actually realized that a lot of consumers were buying this product for a completely different use case. Sure. Um, so then we were able to take uh, those same products or, or very similar products and actually reposition them as sign holders based around the consumer data that was getting fed back to us and sales just took off. And luckily after that, well, not luckily for this part, but luckily we did that because COVID hit right after that. And all of a sudden people weren't looking for these, these picture frames. They were looking for sign holders to put in their stores saying, please wear a mask. Okay. So in, in the parties, you know, parties became a lot less common at that point. So there was the demand for picture frames went way down and, and sign holders went way up. But it was it was using that information that Amazon was giving back to us to refine the product and appeal more to the people who were searching for it and, and how they were searching for that product. So I really think that the data that you're getting back from Amazon and some of the, the third party tools that we can use is is such an asset to us and, and being able to build and craft a strategy to promote growth on Amazon. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's great. And that's where people will just look at advertising as just advertising, but it's also a great research tool. So whether yeah. it's tuning the product detail page or creating a brand new product, you can find the ways that people are searching for you and fine tune that message. So you're speaking to them as you go. Absolutely. Uh, I love that. So Kyle, this has been so fun having you on the podcast for people who want to connect with you or reach out. Where should they go? LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn and I'm always looking to meet other people in the space. Feel free to, you know, drop a message in there say, hey, I heard you on Joe's podcast and connect with me. That's awesome. That's awesome. And by the way, it's so cool with what you're doing, being the, the coach uh, with Private Label Mastery. Like, that's awesome. I know from Thank experience you. how overwhelming it can be coming in as a seller. And I, the way I was able to do it is people exactly like you teaching, teaching other folks along the way. So that's so cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. We're all here to grow and learn. And it's not one person's knowledge. We're all here to share it. Yep. I love it. I love it. So, well, thanks again, Kyle. And for those who are listening, thanks again for growing and learning along with us. So as always, really appreciate you listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the Ad Project Podcast. Thanks, Joe.